You are listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future. My name is Naomi Brockwell and I'm the host of this podcast. I also host the YouTube channel Naomi Brockwell TV, which explores all things crypto and tech. So check that out if you haven't already. And I MC the Consensus Blockchain Conferences and the DTNE Decentralization Conferences all over the world. Two awesome conference series, so be sure to check them out. In this opening episode, I chat to Ben Perrin, the creator of BTC Sessions. We talk Bitcoin 101. What is Bitcoin? I hope you enjoy the episode. I am here with Ben Perrin, the host of BTC Sessions, and we are talking Bitcoin 101. What is it? What are some common myths about it? And what are the frequently asked questions? So to start off with, Ben, what is Bitcoin? Well, Bitcoin is just another currency like the US dollar, like the Canadian dollar where I'm from, the Australian dollar. It's just another currency that you can use to buy and sell goods um, or services. Uh, The only difference is that this currency is, well, not the only difference, but it is strictly digital. There is no physical representation of it, really, Um, which isn't that much of a departure from the current system that we have. When you think about it, most people don't carry around cash nowadays. They use their debit card, they use their Visa card, and most of the money that exists nowadays is completely digital. So that's not really the innovation here. The difference is that when you're using your debit card, what you're really doing is you're asking your bank permission to give your money to another person. So there's a person in between. Uh, When you're buying a good or a service for Bitcoin, you are directly dealing with that person. There's nobody in between where you have to say, can you let me spend my money over here? No, all you're doing is allocating your funds to the other person's wallet. So it's direct, peer-to-peer, no person in between. So how does it work, though? I mean, people have a lot of trouble wrapping their heads around the idea that someone just said, okay, I'm creating a currency. Now there's this thing, Bitcoin, and it's valuable. And suddenly everyone just bought in. You know, is it real? Can it just disappear? What makes it valuable? of it to consider here is is what makes anything valuable and and that is typically a finite supply and a demand for whatever the asset may be in bitcoin's case there is a limited supply um there will only ever be 21 million bitcoins um and we know this because built into the way that bitcoin works there are a set of rules that govern it and by using bitcoin you are agreeing to those rules and guess what if you break those rules like if you try to create money out of nothing well the network everybody else in the network ignores you they see that you've broken the rules and what you're trying to do is ignored and you're just off on your own and the network chugs on along without you so those underlying rules are called the consensus rules and if you break from consensus you are no longer using bitcoin Let's think of how a bank would do this. A bank has a ledger of what person has what money. And when you do a a wire transfer from one bank account to another, essentially all that's being changed is your balance goes down, the other person's balance goes up. And the bank is the one that holds that ledger. Well, with Bitcoin, every single person running a Bitcoin node uh, 
has a copy of that ledger. And there's thousands of these ledgers all over the planet. Anybody can run them. You can run one on your computer. You can download the Bitcoin program. You can let it run and you will be running one of those ledgers. And that is where the basically the account balances lie. So when you go to spend money, what you're doing is you're saying, hey, uh, me over here, I have money in this account. I'm going to send it over to this other account. And all that happens is everybody in the network looks, checks, makes sure that you have the right amount and it gets sent over and the balances are adjusted. Let's talk about how Bitcoin first started. It started out because someone figured out how to make a digital asset uh, irreproducible. Let's say you had like an online picture, right? I can just <clears throat> copy and paste that. I can send it an email. You can multiply it. You started off with, with one picture. Now you have lots of them. Someone figured out how to make that digital asset so no one can ever copy it. So that's kind of cool. So that's what Bitcoin is, that digital asset that can't be reproduced. And why does it have value? And all these you know, people who are very, very smart looked at it and they said, wow, this is amazing. They figured out how to make this digital asset um, unique so that it can never be reproduced. And that had value to people. They thought it was cool. And it was it sort of had the cool factor of like an, a Reddit upvote or like a Facebook light or a Twitter retweet or something and so that was valuable you'd send bitcoins if you liked someone's post and then you would send them back if they liked your post and gradually more and more people entered the ecosystem and started sending this thing back and forth and it started to gain value the more people who came into the ecosystem the price goes up by laws of supply and demand so that's yeah. kind of how bitcoin started I think a lot of people have trouble conceptualizing what bitcoin is because we're so used to calling these green notes that we have money and that's all we think of when we when we think of the word money and historically that's not been the case you've had a whole bunch of different things that have acted as money in a society so um you know you started out with barter economies if i wanted two eggs and i had a cow to sell i'd sell my cow and get back eggs and that's a really cumbersome system because you know as soon as if, if I, I'm giving away a whole cow and all I want is eggs I need to like cut my cow in half and just give you like half a cow for the two eggs that I want after which time the cow becomes worthless so they invented like an intermediary something that people trusted they could exchange afterwards very quickly and so I could exchange my eggs for salt so then you had certain things in societies that were valuable that were used as money. So you had salt and you had seashells in some societies and you had silver and gold, which lasted for a really, really long time. In World War II, you had cigarettes because what good is uh, gold out of the battlefield or, you know, if you're in a, in a camp or, you know, it's not useful for people. But cigarettes were very, very valuable for people. And uh, so if you think of money in terms of that, like what is money, why does it become valuable? It becomes valuable because it's something that people want. And uh, if they get it, they know there are lots of other people who want it. So you could easily sell it for things that you, you need. And Bitcoin is just like that. Bitcoin is like that sort of money for the digital age and for the global marketplace. It's like the next step up in money because it's adapting to this internet world that we live in. And it's something that's been designed to really work well in that internet world. You can send it over the, the other side of the world instantaneously and you don't need permission to do it. A lot of people ask me about Bitcoin and they have a lot of trouble understanding it. And 
it's it's interesting that they feel the need to understand it, right? Because I use a computer every day, but I have no idea how the things that I'm typing end up on that screen and how I can send it and suddenly it ends up on someone else's screen. Like, I don't know how the internet works, but I know how to use it, right? So I think yep. the most valuable thing we can teach people is just how to use Bitcoin. I think it's a case of when things like the internet first come about, people feel the need to know exactly how it works. But there comes a point where you've been exposed to it enough and you just know that it works and you can just use it. Mm -hmm. um, right now, we're still in that phase of I've always had a bank account or used cash. So why would I use this scary new thing? Um, and people said the same thing about sending email, uh, but it's it's going to take some time. Would you encourage people to get into Bitcoin? Is it too late? Have they missed the boat? <laughs> no, I don't think anybody's missed the boat. And I think that there's going to be a lot more excitement to come, uh, especially uh, in, in the coming years. We have a lot of new technologies and, and applications being deployed on the network. Um, so it's going to become more user friendly. And I think just as... Uh, as a technological society, you owe it to yourself to look into new technologies as they arrive. At least familiarize yourself on a basic level with, with how this works because it is the wave of the future. And even if you don't get it 100%, you're going to be way better off than the person that ignores it for the next five years and suddenly doesn't know how to use money. <laughs> right. And you do a lot of great tutorials on your channel, which is BTC Sessions. So people can check out that and watch tutorials about how to use different wallets and different hardware wallets and learn more about Bitcoin. So thank you so much for chatting with me, Ben. It's been wonderful. Thanks. I had a great time. You've been listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and also check out my YouTube channel, Naomi Brockwell TV. Thanks so much for listening.